to introduce our 2021 John Duckett Memorial Lecturer, uh, Dr. Thomas F. Colon, who is a professor of urology at the University of Pennsylvania and holds a distinguished chair, the Howard M. Snyder Third MD Chair in Pediatric Urology. I've known uh, Tom uh, his entire career. Um, he uh, received his uh, medical school degree from Georgetown University. Um, and I must mention that he did go to Villanova because we had to listen to him uh, in 2016 and 2018 uh, during the final four. And uh, he's very proud of his uh, undergraduate university too. He did his internship in Hartford Hospital and then uh, residency at the University of Connecticut. I joined the faculty when he was a senior resident. So I got to work with him as a resident. Um, he became a colleague and then a very good friend who I've known his entire career. He went on uh, to Baylor uh, to be with Edmund Gonzalez to do his uh, fellowship in pediatric urology. And uh, recently he finished uh, becoming a deacon in the Diocese of Trenton. Uh, Tom is an uh, amazing fellow as is his family. Karen, uh, also a physician, his wife and his beautiful family. I think he's most proud of that. But from a, a research and clinical point of view, uh, Tom is at the top of the list. I've had the opportunity to work with uh, people uh, uh, clinically uh, my, during my career. And Tom is at the level technically of Charlie Devine, Jerry Jordan, Gordon McClory. He is really one of our top reconstructive uh, pediatric urologists. He's been recognized over 40 times for either research or personal accomplishments. He has over 150 publications. He really is our thought leader in pediatric urology related to intersex, testis physiology, and fertility. Whenever I have a question at a complicated case, I will often give him a call. He's also a leader at his university. As you saw, he's the fellowship director of one of the top programs in the world. He also is on many committees at the university. He's on many of our research committees, uh, both uh, for the SBU and the AUA. And he's also a national leader in many of our organizations. The culmination of uh, his uh, awards uh, was last year when he received the coveted John W. Duckett Jr. Uh, MD Urology Research and Excellence Award from the AUA and the Urology Care Foundation. We've encouraged over the last several years for pediatric urologists to play a bigger role in pediatric oncology. And we've actually have a subsection of our society now that's focused just on oncology. This is a key area for me, my entire career. I've advocated partial nephrectomy uh, for pediatric renal tumors. Tom has a great experience in this area. And uh, this is a place where pediatric urologists should excel. We are the best surgeons for doing partial nephrectomy in children. Tom's gonna talk to us about nephron sparing surgery. I'm exceedingly proud for what Tom has accomplished, and we really appreciate him taking the time and effort to put on this talk for us. Tom, thank you very much. I would like to thank the AUA and the SPU for this opportunity to, to deliver the John Duckett Memorial Lecture and discuss nephron sparing surgery and the management of Wilms tumor. I'm especially honored to speak to you today for the Duckett Lecture, having spent my academic career at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, John's old stomping ground. I have no disclosures. Wilms tumor is the most common pediatric renal malignancy with about 600 cases per year in the United States. The vast majority, about 80% occur younger than five years of age and the youngest of course being seen in bilateral Wilms tumor. 
Wilms is composed of the classic triphasic histology of epithelium, blastema, and stroma com components. The differentiation of this triphasic histology versus elements of anaplasia allows us to separate Wilms into the prognostic histology of favorable versus unfavorable. Other significant factors for prognosis include blastema predominance and loss of heterozygosity in chromosomes 1 or 16, both of which portend a high rate of relapse and lower survival rates. Identification of dysplastic nephrogenic rests is also important since they can be associated with future tumor formation and play a role in our planning for nephron sparing surgery. Perilobar rests are more peripheral and seen in Beck with Wiedemann syndrome, while intralobar rests are more central and common with WT1 gene mutations. Multiple rests in one kidney, especially the perilobar rests, confer an increased risk of contralateral Wilms tumor. Unfortunately, though, imaging alone can't reliably differentiate nephrogenic rests from Wilms tumor. There are many molecular and phenotypic abnormalities that are associated with an increased Wilms tumor risk. WT1 gene mutations, as seen in Wager, Denis Drash, and Fraser syndromes, as well as in Aniridia, have a very high 50% risk, while even Beckwith-Wiedemann syndrome, hemihypertrophy, and Perlman syndrome have a moderate to high risk of tumor formation. Screening renal ultrasound every three months until age eight years is recommended when the risk is greater than 5%. Beckwith-Wiedemann syndrome is now recognized as more of a spectrum since not all patients with Beckwith-Wiedemann display all of the phenotypic features. Some patients with apparent isolated lateralized overgrowth and no 11P15 abnormality might subsequently be found to have an 11P15 defect on testing of additional tissues or with a more sensitive assay. Methylation defects at chromosome 11P15 could cause addition or deletion imprinting, which would result in a gene being turned on when it should be turned off or vice versa. Uniparental disomy of chromosome 11 occurs when both copies of 11P15 are inherited from, from only one parent. Both methylation and disomy defects confer an increased Wilms tumor risk. We as urologists should play an active role in the management of these patients and partner with our oncology and genetics teams to ensure that each patient has access to a full molecular evaluation. This has a downstream effect for us because we don't want to perform a radical nephrectomy on a patient who has a high tumor risk and should instead be getting a partial nephrectomy. So what are the current approaches to Wilms tumor treatment? Current children's oncology group protocols recommend upfront surgery, which for a large tumor can risk potential spillage. Partial nephrectomy is only recommended in bilateral or syndromic cases. For our international colleagues, PSYOP recommends upfront chemotherapy, which can have the risk of potentially downstaging a tumor. With this approach, they report a decrease in tumor size and less spillage. On histology, they note an increase in stromal and epithelial predominant tumors, and they also note that the blastema predominant tumors after chemotherapy have a high relapse rate. However, an excellent prognosis is reported on both sides if the tumor is completely excised. So what are the goals of nephron sparing surgery? If we are properly focused on cure personalis or care for the whole person, then we are not just focused on tumor removal in the child, but also on the long-term global effects on the patient. 
due to the young age of most Wilms tumor patients, there is an increased long-term risk of renal insufficiency and end-stage renal disease-related morbidity, seen as elevated serum creatinine levels and hypertension. Of course, we always want to reduce morbidity with the procedure while maintaining a high survival rate. So let's look at nephron sparing surgery for adult renal cell carcinoma versus pediatric Wilms. When feasible, nephron sparing surgery for renal cell is a standard of care. It improves preservation of renal function while decreasing other cause mortality, especially cardiovascular events. On the pediatric side, end-stage renal disease is the number two cause of death in Wilms tumor patients. Nephron sparing surgery leads to lower serum creatinine and lower blood pressure versus the radical nephrectomy patients. A small percentage of patients with very low risk Wilms tumors are suitable candidates for upfront partial nephrectomy. Whether pre-op chemo can increase the percentage of eligible patients is unclear and would require a major paradigm shift from current COG protocols regarding unilateral non-syndromic disease. So what are the current indications for partial nephrectomy in Wilms tumor? A delayed nephron sparing approach for local therapy is recommended in bilateral Wilms tumor, multifocal Wilms tumor, or high-risk unilateral Wilms tumor. A biopsy prior to initiating treatment is not required, and it, it is in fact discouraged. Neoadjuvant chemotherapy is based on radiographic staging, and, it is and then it is followed by partial nephrectomies at, at either week six or week 12 after repeat imaging. No surgery is recommended for a complete response to neoadjuvant therapy uh, in both kidneys. We also have, uh, have that risk of metachronous tumors, which we have previously discussed. The Children's Oncology Group Protocol, ARIN0534, addresses the use of partial nephrectomy. This allows for neoadjuvant chemotherapy followed by surgery in bilateral disease, multifocal Wilms tumor, a solitary kidney, or cases of a predisposing syndrome and unilateral Wilms tumor. The goal of the study is to achieve partial nephrectomy instead of radical nephrectomy in at least 25% of the cases, and this has been exceeded. This study was published in 2017 and it looked at historical controls from the National Wilms Tumor Study Group 5 and compared it with 189 patients enrolled in the bilateral Wilms Tumor arm of ARIN 0534. All patients had VAD chemotherapy up front. The four-year event-free survival was 82% and overall survival about 95%. When looking at the surgical approaches, the vast majority of the patients had surgery at week 12. Looking at what was performed, about half of the patients had a unilateral radical nephrectomy and a contralateral partial nephrectomy, and 35% of the patients had bilateral partial nephrectomies. So the vast majority of the patients had some form of a partial nephrectomy. Only 13% of the patients had radical nephrectomy only. What percentage of patients have partial nephrectomy uh, as an option for their treatment? Well, if we look at the general recommendations, it would be when the tumor has no vascular invasion, 
when the tumor is away from the collecting system in hyalur vessels, when the tumor is peripheral, when surgery would involve minimal contact with parenchyma, and when surgery would ensure enough renal parenchyma that would be 33% to allow for good renal function. So going by these recommendations, the range that has been quoted is about 3 to 24%. However, you can see on, on the uh, previous uh, slide in Aaron 0534, that it was up to 35%. However, I can tell you that my, our, our own uh, studies and others are starting to push that much higher. I can tell you that our personal series of over 50 consecutive partial nephrectomies over the past decade shows a nephron sparing uh, percentage of 90%. The renal nephrometry score is a method to risk stratify adult renal tumors undergoing partial nephrectomy in terms of surgical complexity based on the CT or the MRI. This assigns complexity scores based on the tumor radius, whether it is exophytic or endophytic, the tumor proximity to, to the collecting system, whether it's anterior or posterior, and whether there's polar involvement. The renal nephrometry score stratifies masses into low, medium, or high complexity. And it correlates with tumor biology, resectability, and complications. In our consecutive series of 33 pediatric patients undergoing partial nephrectomy, we used the renal nephrometry score and found that most of the tumors were of high to intermediate complexity, yet still underwent a, a successful partial nephrectomy. The median score in the series was, was nine. And also of note, there was no difference in complication rate based on the renal score. In regard to the exact partial nephrectomy uh, procedure, we prepare for the case with a 3D renal model, which can be used for OR measurement of the tumor in situ. And you can see that here. Intricate hyalur vascular dissection is critical. Partial direct compression of the parenchyma is performed with a variety of methods, all case dependent. One can use the surgeon's fingers for, for direct compression, a vascular clamp, or I, I prefer in many of the cases to use an umbilical tape rumel tourniquet. Uh, this use, is used to compress the abnormal uh, uh, tumor parenchyma uh, while maintaining good blood supply to the rest of the normal parenchyma. We favor direct compression of only tumor parenchyma rather than the whole kidney warm or cold ischemia. We also favor resection of a one centimeter margin of normal uh, uh, kidney parenchyma rather than just enucleating the tumor without a margin. One also wants to ensure the intraoperative margins are negative from the tumor resection bed. And it is important to repair all violations of the collecting system with absorbable suture. We generally would place a, a, a preoperatively a ureteral stent at the start of the case, and afterwards we would, would use a uh, drain. We employ liberal use of oxidized cellulose and argon beam coagulation on the excised parenchyma and direct mattress suture approximation of the renal parenchyma and capsule. Lymph node dissection is imperative, as with any approach to tumor resection for Wilms tumor. To elucidate further, I'd like to go through a short case presentation. This is a 30-month-old boy who presented with gross hematuria. His ultrasound and MRI showed a 7-centimeter heterogeneous left upper pole mass. 
a three centimeter right upper pole mass and another smaller right renal mass. The tumor was noted into the collecting system and he also had enlarged lymph nodes and lung, lung nodules. He was then started on DD4A chemotherapy regimen by Aaron 0534 protocol. 3D modeling was performed. Patient-specific MRI-based 3D models help surgeons to prepare for these complex procedures. From the MRI segmentation, a dynamic interactive PDF is created on which the anatomy can be manipulated to be viewed from different planes or have certain anatomy added or subtracted to better understand anatomic relationships. Since the tumors are not well seen on the surface, the parenchyma can then be made transparent as we see here. And the model can be examined from multiple vantage points. Here we are looking at, at the kidneys from below. Here looking at the kidneys from above. And we can turn it completely around and look at the kidneys from behind. We can look closer at the tumor anatomy and its relationship to the collecting system and the renal vasculature. We could remove the renal pelvis and the ureter and examine how close the tumor is to the calyces. And we could remove the entire collecting system and look at just the tumor and the arterial relationship. And then we can even zoom in and really get an idea of a more detailed microscopic view of the tumor and its arterial blood supply. Handheld 3D models are then made to aid in the preoperative review so that at the time of surgery, we will be fully prepared and surgery might feel as if we've already been there before. These models allow us to plan our approach and even compose a step-by-step -step playbook in the most complex cases. In this case, it was extremely helpful regarding the renal vasculature, as you can see, especially the critical arterial supply and the extent of the tumor into the renal hilum. This enabled precise dissection of all of these segmental arteries and allowed us to ligate the superior anterior artery prior to parenchymal dissection. Cystoscopy uh, and ureteral stent was performed uh, during the case and open staged partial nephrectomies were performed. A large left upper pole mass invading into the collecting system and the renal hilum was noted and was removed in entirety without spillage and with negative intraoperative margins. A left Wilms tumor with blastema histology uh, uh, predominant uh, was noted on pathology with extension into the renal sinus, but it was a fully excised. Right perilobar nephrogenic rest with necrotic Wilms tumor was noted on the opposite side. All margin biopsies were free of tumor and there was no lymph node involvement. The patient was switched to regimen M based on the blastema pathology and due to the, the uh, previously noted findings, lung radiation, left flank radiation were performed. The patient's renal function remained excellent by creatinine and cystatin C levels with no proteinuria and no hypertension. At 15 months, this MRI shows good renal function with at least half a kidney remaining on the left side and no further tumors seen bilaterally. Gadolinium-enhanced functional MRI has been used in this and several patients at our institution to evaluate renal function pre and post nephrectomy and clearly shows how much renal parenchyma volume can be spared with partial nephrectomy.
This is a little girl with a metachronous right central tumor in a solitary kidney, four years after left radical nephrectomy for Wilms. You can see the solitary kidney here and this large central tumor. And we see it on the models that were, that were made here. 3D models helped us to plan our approach before and in the operating room. And in particular, highlighted the main artery that was feeding the tumor and the dissection path to early ligation. She is now tumor-free three and a half years after right partial nephrectomy. We can see what appears to be a normal, uh, a normal appearing kidney here on the right. I'd like to highlight some of the studies that have been examined that have examined outcomes of nephron sparing surgery in Wilms tumor. This is this is a a national Wilms tumor study from 2011 looking at partial nephrectomy in bilateral Wilms tumor. 136 partial nephrectomies were performed in 188 patients. There was known to be a 15% positive margin, 16% local recurrence, and an 84% overall survival. Of note, only 56% of the patients received neoadjuvant chemotherapy. Hubertus and colleagues looked at a meta-analysis meta of 20 studies with over 5,000 patients. 297 of the patients had partial nephrectomies and they found similar conclusions of preserved renal function and equivalent survival rates of partial nephrectomy versus radical nephrectomy. Vandenberg and colleagues in 2016 performed a systematic review analyzing 66 studies. 4,000 patients had, a par had partial nephrectomy or radical nephrectomy. Three quarters of them had a radical nephrectomy. The partial nephrectomy was more likely to be performed when there were smaller masses. The rupture rate was more for the radical nephrectomy, 13 versus 7%. The recurrence rate was similar, 11 versus 12% between the two groups. And the survival was equivalent for either approach, 85 versus 88% in radical versus partial nephrectomy. The PSYOP experience with nephron sparing surgery for unilateral Wilms tumor was published in 2014. All of the patients had neoadjuvant chemotherapy. They used a very specific criteria for nephron-sparing surgery. 91 patients had nephron-sparing surgery, and after controlling for stage of radical nephrectomy versus, versus partial nephrectomy, they noted no difference in tumor rupture, in positive margins, or in event-free or overall survival. Cost and colleagues looked at 82 patients from 16 groups in 2012. These patients had partial nephrectomy for unilateral non-syndromic Wilms tumor over about a 25-year period. And they comp compared these patients with 121 patients who had radical nephrectomy. After adjusting for first stage, partial nephrectomy group had 74% and radical had 57% in the stage one to two tumors. There was no significant difference in survival. They noted a 95% overall survival. I know we have been discussing Wilms tumor, but nephron sparing surgery is also indicated for other large tumors. Historically, the recommendation for multilocular cystic nephroma is nephrectomy. Since they are generally very large, it felt to be on the cystic Wilms tumor spectrum. 
Here you see two examples of 10 centimeter and 11 centimeter masses that were safely removed. The difficult part of these cases is that there is no chemotherapy that can be used to shrink the mass, but with proper planning, partial nephrectomy can be employed for even very large cystic nephromas. And you can see the size of, the, of these masses taking up the majority of the kidneys, but then after surgery, a large amount of, of normal parenchyma remains. So in conclusion, our partial nephrectomy goals are to decrease morbidity, maintain high survival rates. And this can be safely attained, and we have shown that. Oncologic outcomes are comparable for partial nephrectomy and radical nephrectomy in bilateral Wilms tumor. Improvement in preoperative cross-sectional imaging, including 3D models, provide the surgeon with an increased understanding of anatomic relationships and risk prior to enter the operating room paradigm shift toward increased utilization of nephron sparing surgery for unilateral Wilms tumor is warranted. I would like to thank again the AUA and the SPU for this opportunity. Thanks also to my CHOP urology partners and my colleagues in oncology, general surgery, and radiology. And also thank you to our CHAMP lab who construct our 3D models. <laughs>